0: Yep. Okay. So I'd like to welcome everyone to the Roxbury Roundtables. My name is Victoria Anthony, and I am the student coordinator. Today our topic is going to be
1: uh, net neutrality and our hosts are going to be Jeff Siepel and Latrell Critton. Crichton.
2: Critton. All right. Yes, my name is Latrell Critton. I am the program director and assistant professor of communication uh, on the East Falls campus
3: of Thomas Jefferson University. And I'm Jeff Siegel, the Vice President for Information Resources and CIO here on the East Falls campus of Jefferson University as well. Hello,
4: Levinson. I'm Hillel Evanson, I'm the Professor of uh, International Law on the East Falls campus of Jefferson University. I'm Brian Hughes, Assistant Professor of Physics on the East Falls campus. Evan Lane, I'm the Faculty Director
0: of the Spectre Center.
4: Colin Murphy, I'm a
1: Communications student. I'm Alex, a freshman, I'm uh, in Finance.
0: So we're going to turn it back to you.
2: Yes, so... Oh, dude, uh, you guys want to on this, though? Please. Uh, Natalie, Miss Clarence, I'm uh, a senior communications uh, major. as well Jackson, junior
1: communications manager. Uh, Casey
2: Javarsky, senior communications manager. I'm on a non-communication communication manager. So, Nessie Crowley is a very complex topic. Um, And before we even start to talk about the legal implications of uh, what may happen with the FCC, it's important to understand exactly what it is. And basically what it deals with is um, the ability of people to send out and receive materials over uh, the World Wide Web Internet. Um, And this is how you should understand how all this works. You're on this Google. How many lanes are on the school right now? Two. And what happens on the school? Everybody gets jammed up because you can't really pass by. That's sort of how, uh, in many ways, the idea of net neutrality in terms of access works. That everybody has an equal opportunity. Once they get on the school, you basically are driving uh, down that road. Now, often there is a The other way that you can look at this is that there is a, uh, let's call it HOV link. So, certain people who have, uh, you pay a little bit more if you have a few more people in the car, you can actually get a little bit faster through the HOV link. But in general, everybody who is on that particular road with net neutrality has the same ability to basically access the internet uh, and basically. Uh, communicate across the worldwide web. This is what net neutrality essentially will do if you eliminate net neutrality. And the goal right now for some is to eliminate net neutrality. So you have this road, and everybody's supposed to be able to navigate. And again, there's differences. If, you have a, if you're a better driver, you can navigate the school will go better. If you have a faster car, you can uh, navigate. And if there's the HLV lane, you can go for a little bit faster. What elimination of net neutrality would do is essentially imagine that there is a fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth lane created. And now if you had a lot of money, you could not only take that fourth, fifth, sixth lane, uh, what you would receive is like a bullet train. You could literally get on that bullet train and get from one edge of the city to the next like that. But you had to pay $10,000 a year to do that and then you might have another slower train, and then you might have another lane. And then what would happen is that school field, all the people who don't have access to that, it gets backed up even more. If there are changes to network neutrality, what essentially will happen is there will be opportunities for certain individuals to perch at a higher price uh, or whatever the regulation is to get really fast access, or really uh, to really have a strong ability to um, get their messages across uh, with higher bandwidth on this fast one. Meanwhile, if you can't pay that additional cost, you're going to be stuck with really slow internet or li- really slow access. So that, in essence, will have an impact on the ability for not only for accessing videos on YouTube, sending out music, or if you are a low-power internet radio station, you would have, and you can't pay that high access cost, you'd be even more slowly moving through and you have a less of an ability to actually connect with different people. So that's sort of how I describe it. Is any confusion or so? Any confusion or complaints about that? Did you want to chime in?
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a great analogy, it's a great framework. Uh, one other impact from the, the model that Charles described is that if you take that Schuylkill Highway and it's two lanes of traffic and it's moving, we're going to assume that it never stops, which we know is a true reality, but it's always moving. If you're a network service provider like a Verizon or a Comcast or ATT, and based on the the demand or the number of users on that highway, you're faced with a decision, oh my gosh, we've got demand, let's build another lane, just like the other two, or maybe two more like the other two, so that people can traverse that information and, and bits and bytes highway a little better. We can we have capacity for more people. Under net neutrality, their incentive is to build, essentially, build out more lanes, which create, increases bandwidth, but access, is on a level playing field. With the demise of net neutrality, put yourselves in the place of the internet service providers. Are you going to build low cost access lanes, additional lanes, or are you going to start building, as Latrell said, lanes three, four, five, six and beyond because your ability to charge someone a higher price, and generally that won't be individuals. It might be the difference between what an ISP like Verizon, would charge Netflix to deliver their their video or the movie products to consumers. So there's two different directions of this. You might be someone who would like to send information on the network. You would likely also be someone who would want like to receive information on the network. So the impact happens bidirectional, and the the detrimental impact would also be bidirectional. There have been cases already. There have been fines levied by the FCC, not recently, but within the last. I think 2011 was the last one. Uh, Comcast was throttling. In other words, they were placing restrictions on certain type of traffic. And in this particular case, it was uh, BitTorrent, which is a way in which people can share large files, some music, but not exclusively music. And they were they were fine. Uh, the case, it, it seemed like it, it got reversed I think at some point for reasons that weren't clear to me, but there's, there's not a lot of case law on this, uh, and I'll, I'll lean to Professor Lane about regarding what's what's actually happened what hasn't. The real, the real sort of um, movement around this right now is that the commissioners of the FCC are generally appointed by the executive branch. They're approved through committees and actions of Congress, and we currently have a commissioner who was appointed in April who was a former attorney for Verizon. And so he has a distinct disposition in favor of the, the corporate providers of network access. So that's, there's been a great deal of angst about it. There was a, um, an open comment period that ended at the end of August. Unfortunately, a lot of those comments weren't made available in time for most people to express their, their opinion before, before the end of that period. So um, what Professor Lane said a little earlier about how this will affect all of us but the kinds of things you need to think about are, um, how would this affect you if you're a student living in an apartment on campus? You need to do, let's, let's say you're an interactive media student, and you want to do some things that are high bandwidth. Well, your low-level, this is called entry-level uh, subscription to Comcast or Verizon, might be enough today, but it might not be enough in a year or two or three as these regulations start to loosen up to the point that the ISPs can... can give customers and certain types of, types of traffic preferential
0: treatment. I think it's confusing this, seven Lane, on a couple of things. Let me just set out some parameters first. Um, we did this uh, roundtable say, like three years ago? Two or three years ago. Three, ago, three yeah. years ago, and we had the benefit of an FCC lawyer here. Yep. Um, they had opened up, this was under a different administration, they actually opened it up for comments for people. There was a flood of comments that came in. But even though that flood of comments was extremely to continue net neutrality, I believe it was 4-3 vote that kept net neutrality. So we're on the end (coughs) of losing net neutrality. So it gets complicated because there's the content providers, there's the ISPs, and there's the listener, which would be most everyone in this room. People actually use the internet and watch the content. So when you have, when you're a content provider, you put your ISP, you put your website, which is then uh, furnished by the ISP, to the listeners. That speed is supposed to be the same for everybody. Whether you're Coca-Cola, or starting a new fizzy drink in your, in your, in your, uh, basement. Or you're a freelance artist. Free, right. Or you're a freelance artist, as opposed to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Whatever it is, you're supposed to have the same ability. To put your product on the net and have it go to the listener at the same speeds. Everyone travels the same speed. That's the way it's supposed to be. Neutrality. Everyone has the same opportunity. What would happen, on a, say from the content providers, is if you're Coke, you have tons of money. You could pay for the fast lane. Why do the ISPs want this? Because they see a cash cow out there. They see a source of revenue, which is incredible because all these very established um corporations with money will go for the fast lanes. if you're that fizzy drink provider who wants to put out a new product out there there's no way you can be able to afford the fast fast lane so your product will not be seen as fast now you can say well it's available but we all know in this room that if, if you're on a website and it's fast and glitzy and filled with all kinds of video and all kinds of bandwidth you're going to watch that one. If you're going to get one that's slow, you're just not going to watch. It's just you don't stay there. You zip from place to place to place. You go the most glitzy. So what will happen is, is that Coca-Cola will be will be able to continue selling its product, but innovators with new drinks will not. They just won't be able to get their message out there. And that's one thing. So that's on the content provider thing. The other side of this, which has gone unnoticed, is the listener. We're establishing a class system among listeners, where if you pay a certain amount, you get higher speed. Now, I'm talking about the listeners, or you don't. You get slower speed, so you're creating a, a class of people getting the message as well. So that's something I don't want to let leave off the, of the board either. Uh, just so you... What concerns me more than anything else is not the corporate thing, which I'm sure will concern many people in business, is the political aspect. What happens if you have a corporation that has a well-known uh box becomes a, uh, a ISP? It's not without possibility that they would take over, or corporations take over each other. And they say, you know, Republican Party, we're going to charge you X amount. Democrats, we're going to charge you X times six. If we could regulate the speed of political messages that come to you, and most of us here don't read newspapers anymore, and if you do, you probably read it online anyway, Um, the message of certain political messages are going to be able to come with certain speeds that others won't, which scares the you-know-what out of me. Um, So there's many, many socially, as far as civil rights actions, if you're Black Lives Matter, I guarantee you if that is allowed, political elements are allowed in there, which of course will be disguised in some way, your message ain't getting out there. But maybe the uh, white supremacist movement message will. Or maybe alt-right message will. Everyone's message now comes at the same speed. The ability to alter speeds is something that we rely on exclusively now for our information, is very scary on First Amendment grounds for me, because I believe the listener has a right to get the information, and that's part of our First Amendment rights. And we will not—you'll get it, but you'll get it real slow. And I— and to me, that's really not getting. So that's just—I just, just want to lay that out there.
3: I think there's another analogy if you can take it down to the base level, and this is occurring to me, so chime in if it doesn't, doesn't fit. Um, we all would have the freedom to create a, an opinion on a piece of paper. But um, the trial has a full sheet of paper, and I get these little pieces, and I only want to write one word at a time, and I have to hand them to you, and you have to figure out what it all means to get to the, the one that has a period or comment or exclamation or some sort of punctuation. But if I can look at that full sheet, I can consume it like that. So it's sort of a it's a drip versus a stream in a lot of ways. So, so
1: I was kind of I was trying to look up this thing online. Um, I saw a lot of articles from many many uh, major news websites, and I was trying to look for this. Uh, but I guess my first question would be: uh, Is net neutrality an executive order or law, or was it in this case?
3: Well,
1: it's a regulation so for so, okay, so it's a code. Um, how long is it? It's, you it's know? Title II. What the word is right now is that um, with the FCC being controlled by IJP, it's going to remove the Title II regulation, which treats um, ISPs under as a public utility. If it's not being treated as a public utility, then um, they're not regulated to keep bandwidth the same. So, uh, ISPs in general are just a public good? Uh, yeah, they're being regulated as a public utility right now, um, does so, that mean, that means like, access to water is well, a public utility, so it's treated simply like- That's not exactly what I mean. Does, does it that, mean that, um, does it mean, like, I can be an ISP? Does it mean, like, you know? It just regulates what ISPs like how they provide their service. If it's their service is a public utility, then you can't just have it be accessed like by certain people or try and like restrict access to it with like other consumers.
2: Let me give you another example from recent history. There was a time when your cable was seen as a public utility. So literally there was one cable company the cable company came in and you paid that rate right, rate right for cable. That was about 20 years ago. Then there was an action uh, to change that uh, because cable companies wanted to have the opportunity to expand. So 25 years ago, everybody knows what Comcast is. Comcast was nothing. Comcast was this little dinky corporation, regional, regional that had a, that handled a few um, cable outlets in this area when they deregulated the um, industry for cable, basically what they were allowed to do was purchase of all these different cable companies all over the nation. Now the idea was, and this is part of the idea even when we talk about net neutrality, what people will say is that if you have competition, this will improve the cable. So now you'll have all these little uh, cable companies competing, so you'll have Uh, In this area, there'll be five cable companies competing, and you can have the best cable because you can choose the access, and now they'll provide you with the best potential service. What ends up happening? What ended up happening is Comcast got the biggest. They started buying out everybody, and now you basically have no choices in terms of your cable, which is why your cable bill is ridiculously high because you can't access unless you're Verizon doing Verizon or Comcast. You basically have no choice in while well, where you're going with your cable. That's changing as a result of the ability for you to take your phone and basically look at Hulu or uh, Netflix or other things because that's sort of bypassing the traditional cable, which is, what, which is why I would argue, for instance, and this is how it makes a difference, that's why I would argue TV on Amazon, Hulu, Netflix, those shows are better because they're, not, they're being more creative. Um, what is potentially going to happen if you remove that utility is the exact same thing that's happened with cable, is that, um, you're basically, unless the competition that you really have as a result of neutrality is going to start going away. And then the biggest people who can get into that fast lane, uh, either they are sending or receiving are going to be the ones that dominate everything. See,
1: um... Wait, my, my question really came into what's what's the public what's the public good here is it is it the, is it the physical good uh, of which you involuntarily have to pay for or is it the company which is public am i like the question is must i per- is it that am i allowed to start up my own horizon verizon or is it must i sell this uh, such a product well, what's the public thing
0: I don't think I understand, but as far as the public good goes in all of this, okay, it's, it's receiving information that's on an equal playing field. That's the public good. So it's ultimately the good here, not the company. But the companies would argue now. None of us is taking the companies. Off. That's
1: not what I mean. I mean, can I simply start up a company?
0: You can start up a company, but
1: there's no way that you can compete on their levels. Let me give you. I, you I, here's another example that I can give you. So well, no, I understand now. That. Uh, that's, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, there's no limitation on who, from, from Title
0: II, there's no limitation on how many companies there are. It's just that if you provide that service, you are looked at as a public utility. So, And that means you could be
1: regulated. And so it's, that's all that's disappeared. The regu- essence, what will disappear the is the
0: regulation. The regulation says now that there has to be net neutrality. That whether it's water, you have to provide everyone with the same water, You've got to provide everyone with the same electrical grid. You've got to provide everyone with the same bandwidth. That's what they're looking at. Once you remove that Hmm. regulation saying to any of these companies existing that you have to provide the same bandwidth, then they can provide whatever bandwidth they want. It becomes a free-for-all at that point. They can do whatever they want. So, uh, I see. Uh,
1: from what I understand, I could be absolutely wrong with this. Uh, I guess you can say this was from word of mouth. I did hear that net neutrality also disallowed companies to sell, sell your information to other companies, like internet providers. And stuff. No. Is that. No, no. So no, they do that all
0: the time. They do that data on mm-hmm. you constantly. No, know, that's, that's
4: it. I wish, they, I wish it did. No, it doesn't. Can I? Okay. I'm old enough to remember when we had one phone company mm-hmm. in the city of Philadelphia, Bell Telephone Company. And if you, if you wanted a telephone in your home, in some way, you contacted the Bell Telephone Company. They provided The interesting part of it that, that you're getting to here is that Bell Telephone was controlled as to what they could charge for that telephone and how much they could charge for long distance calls, for local calls, for every, everything like that. Then came along people who decided we need competition. We need more than one phone company in order to provide quality service because when you have, supposedly, when you have competition, uh, they're gonna fight against each other to get you as a customer. And that should drive the price down. Well, not only do we have competition in phones, but we have competition in almost everything now. At one time, all the airlines were controlled. And the price they could charge for your fare was very, very tightly controlled. Prices were very high. Then they allowed competition among the airlines, and it drove down the price. But you also get inferior service or less than quality service. The question I'm, I'm, I'm really getting to, uh, I teach international law. My question is, what happens with the, this issue? The internet is not just domestic, it's international. Are there any thoughts about how that whole issue is going to be controlled going forward? I, I understand the FCC issue locally and you know, domestically in the United States. But what happens when we want to use internet service and talk to somebody or access something from Paris or from some other location in, in Europe or in the Middle East or, or that type of thing? What kind of controls are there going to be on that?
3: At this point, I, I have to say I'm not clear on that, but I would, my speculation is that, that that would be at some point in the continuation of the way the network runs from one pot to another to another that if you had traffic coming from say France once it enters North America they could invoke whatever in the absence of net neutrality they could invoke whatever set of regulation as a provider or restrictions that
4: they would like like but that would also control the access of that person in Paris because if it's backing up using your school called expressway if it's backing up at a certain point, it's backing up all the way along the Depends on where the content lives. Let's right. say the content
3: originates in, in
4: Europe. Yeah.
3: And it primarily, even maybe not even primarily, for for the most part, an audience in Europe. You connect from here, from North America, when that traffic transfers back, it's gonna hit it's gonna hit a
4: Point of presence, but yeah, it's going to back up all the way along the line. Not necessarily, no, they might have a whole speed across the ocean and then stop at the the west (laughs) west coast if they don't pay enough money. Yeah, Yeah. that's (laughs) very possible. It it could be
3: a bullet train to get across the ocean, right, and a yellow cab when it gets to you know New York or North Jersey or wherever that point of presence is. Are there still yellow cabs? I'm I'm putting a a frame around. I'm not sure how this will affect so non-North Americans. Well,
4: the reason I ask it is the United Nations is starting to get involved in this whole internet issue uh, because it is an international issue, and and the only body that exists that has any kind of significance is the is the United Nations, and and uh, in my readings about them, they're, they're they're barely scratching the surface on this whole internet issue, let alone on well technology technician. historically technology
3: races ahead of law regulation and, and any understanding of the impact so the
4: way the secret in philadelphia is use the west river drive martin luther king Drive. you don't get on the yeah. expressway <sighs> yeah so correct me if i'm wrong but don't we already have some governments that are effectively doing this getting oh, to sure. this issue of traffic in and out across borders absolutely Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so not necessarily like slowing down, but definitely stopping very specific traffic that they don't want. Their or throttling it to the
3: point that it's ineffective. Right. Yeah.
4: yeah, Okay. Yes, that's true. So i China them Yeah. China would be the best example. Yeah. North Korea. Yeah. And it's interesting. South
3: Korea has some of the finest broadband internet service on the planet. Um, and, and from a technology standpoint, there's no reason why we wouldn't have the same performance in the US. But remember, that's controlled by internet service providers. They would like to Is it
1: a much smaller place, though, both in size and population, by about a lot? Um, Do you think that would possibly have an effect on internet service?
4: I don't know if it's a population function as much as the number of users. The no. number of users would no. thus be, I mean,
0: America's we're we're, getting, this we're getting off topic, I want yeah. to stay on yeah. the because it's confusing <laughs> enough, we have, we've made an argument for it, but there's significant arguments against it, and it's going to disappear as far as I'm, I, I'm almost certain it's going to, so what are the arguments for getting rid of net neutrality, what,
2: what, what are the ISP saying? Uh, that Well, it, it would be, it's a business, so... The idea simply is, um, if you don't be value it as a utility and you value it as a function of business, then the business should be able to do whatever they want with that particular technology. So also in terms of the consumer argument is and is if I want to be able to get really fast internet, I should be able to pay a higher premium for that. And basically it's this idea that it's gonna they're gonna talk about, well, this is actually democratizing everything because your ability to pay into a system uh, will give you different access. So you're actually limiting what people can do with the um, ISP, or, or what you can do with the actual uh, product. So that's sort of what's going to be. Uh, but at the end of that, mm-hmm. there will be distinct problems with
3: access. Of course. For those who do not have the ability to pay. And, Whether
0: it's listening or, by yeah, so or provider, yes, or something else, correct? Yes, correct.
3: So, so Netflix the, may be able to pay, but a smaller provider might not. Do you
1: think the most um, underlying uh, issue here is the spread of wealth? I mean, I, I don't want to go too far. I'm i This is just a very small shift in topic. But do you think the fact that there are people who are such more wealthier uh, who can have the who also may be producers, uh, for example, Coca-Cola, for example, the Walmart, and stuff like that, the fact that they are so much more advanced than the mom and pop store, is that the largest issue here?
3: I doubt any of them would like to pay more, even the large corporations. They okay. will. Yeah.
0: They will, but I doubt that they would advocate to pay more. They, they would, have, but if put in the position of just see how they can actually destroy competition. Yeah. I mean, at the same time. They just absolutely put it out there their message, uh, well, ahead, whether economic, political, or social, those with money will be able to yeah. put their message out loud and clear against those who yeah. don't have I mean, I would a also very money. Uh,
1: a very popular company strategy is the concept of dumping, especially in, I guess you could say China. Uh, that's one of the biggest, um, yeah, they're, they're the largest dumpers of steel, for example. Companies don't always take the most cost-effective route. In fact, they are, today's in today's time, they hardly ever do. Uh, Walmart expends so much ridiculous amounts of debt just for the sake to be everywhere.
0: They but take Andrew, loan after... Look how, look how much money... I have a question. Software. I just have like, a general question. Yeah, like, I'm on. confused
1: as to who is like, actually pushing net neutrality. I don't understand because it doesn't seem good really for anybody unless... Like,
2: well, it is good so um, But then you said again, like, people
1: with, or like companies with a lot of money won't
3: want to pay for it anyway, any but they would,
0: would they rather not at all? Like, I don't understand, like, what is even coming out of this. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Well, the ISP provider obviously is pushing for it they can make a tremendous amount of money on it. that's a cash stream that doesn't exist now. So they could add, you're looking at billions, trillions mm-hmm. coming in that don't exist now because Coca-Cola's not paying them anything. Oh, they making their money of advertisements and the money you pay them. That's where they're getting from ISP. But now the ISP Comcast can now look at all the content provided and say, you want a quick speed on Comcast? Give us a million dollars. Think about that cash stream coming in. So it's not really just like greed, right, pretty much? It's always there.
3: Follow yeah. well, the money. What one of the other things that happens in this scenario is that um, the ISPs, and they, they ebb and flow around this argument, and say, well, you know, Net neutrality, having to deliver this capacity to everyone in an equitable fashion, it stifles innovation. If we could create these other tiers of service, we would have a greater source of revenue so we could be more innovative, we could build faster networks, we could build other services. And the fact of the matter is, that some of those other services are at their fingertips. I go back to my example of South Korea, the, the, the average service to a residential home in South Korea, the bandwidth for per, per dollar per meg is incredibly low compared to North America um, for no other reason than they've made it so. So the capacity in this country is, is just as capacity to operate at these high-speed, high bandwidth levels is there. I mean, I have fiber in my home. That's the
0: way the product is delivered now. But I only get that much of it. Of this, this is related to our question because I want to continue with this. Well, I was kind of going going off of him, if that's alright. Yeah, and Jeff.
1: Sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, uh, in a normal market, don't you think people would just switch to another ser- service? Like they they right. would most likely see this kind of stuff. They there's always an ability. Like there's going to be a government agency, an that, auditing agency. That's the theory it's, of
4: open competition. That's, yeah. that's the theory behind what what we're talking about. So in a
1: normal in a normal market,
2: do you think they would simply switch? Would switch. This, is this is not, not a normal a, market.
1: Yeah, it's Comcast, Verizon. Exactly.
2: That is the, that's the problem. Yeah. Um, you already have this monopoly that basically or duopoly, however you want to put it, that already exists. So if you want to watch Netflix, it's going to impact Netflix and the consumer because they're going to say, Netflix, if you want to have this really fast access to the consumer, you're going to have to pay a higher fee. And then what's Netflix going to do? They're going to increase the cost on the consumer. And then you're going to see that with Hulu. Then you're going to see that with the NFL. You're going to see that with everybody. Because they don't have that open um, competition with the internet as uh, the ISP providers as it exists today. So it's going to lead to what you're seeing with cable, quite frankly, which is why a lot of people are getting rid of their cable, which is price gouging. Because unless, if you want to watch this, you unless you, if you want to watch this very, this nice Without it scrolling or slowing down, you're gonna to have to pay the higher fee. Uh, and the market competition is, well, that's the way that the marketplace works. That's simply capitalism.
1: So hold on a moment. To back up just a tiny smidge, how does a company how did a company become a monopoly? What is the process what was
2: the process? That so that gets back to So you boil down to that in so, uh, so, a what it what essentially happened was this is coming out of the 1996 telecommunications act which i think both of us were talking about and had to do with telephone and cable rates and people were complaining about telephone and cable rates uh and they basically said if we create competition the rates will go down particularly long distance which it doesn't even exist anymore long distance phone calls were very expensive so the idea was if we deregulate everything you're going to have all these companies pop up And then you're not going to have to pay $0.25 per minute for a phone call. You're going to be able to pay $0.05 per minute. So all these companies popped up. But this is what happens with media uh, companies. Uh, It's basically hyper-commercialism and media conglomeration Pick the industry. What ends up happening is the company that comes up to, to be most innovative, they basically drown out the rest of the marketplace, and then they buy up and gobble up all the other companies. So at one point in time, you may have had 20, 30 different companies providing Internet access or phone access, now you have only a handful. Radio, and just another example, radio is another area that came out of the 1996 Telecom Act. If you look at radio, prior to 1996, there were regulations on how much radio you could own in a particular area. They got rid of that. So you had radio stations throughout America, all different genres, all sorts of DJs, mom now and pops. mom and pops. Now you had conservative talk radio through Clear Channel. You have sports talk radio through ESPN, uh, and then you have basic pop channels here or there that play the exact same music. Why? Because all these companies, particularly Clear Channel, purchased all these um, radio stations, which is why you don't have competition in radio. So that's why, especially when you're talking from a consumer standpoint, that's why this is dangerous. Because you already, the ISPs already have that... um, Monopoly. So, what would essentially happen is okay. We get this, which is why, again, the head, the new head of the uh, FCC is a Verizon person. They're going to be able to gouge prices.
1: Thank you. Um, so, you, you, I would imagine. Do you see then that the sheer size of a company is in and of itself uh, a deprivation of its product? Do you think the fact that uh, a larger company, I, like as the comment that statement you just made that was very large and um, had a very, a, a, very, a very good point. Do you think that the that sheer size of a company, um, how much market share has on the market, do you think that dissuade you buying a product?
0: Well, I don't, I don't think have any choice. It's either, you, either, you, either you get Comcast in my neighborhood. It's not even wide for Verizon. So either I get Comcast or I don't care. Why? No, it is, it's not wired.
3: There's a there's, there's a barrier very, to
4: to um, it's a financial entry. Barrier. Yeah,
3: there's an infrastructure that has to be built. Yeah. As you drive around here, take a look at those those utility poles. It's not just power. There's some phone lines. There's an awful lot of fiber and coax cable. It's delivering cable.
1: Do you think then that they uh, the, that the infrastructure made? Do you think they like what what makes
0: what is their cost? What makes them so pricey? the very fact that it's the infrastructure so you're talking about, mm-hmm. you're talking about a million, if you, if you wanted to do a startup, say you wanted to give Comcast a run for its money, if you didn't have a billion dollars behind you in order to do this... Or mm-hmm. be able to borrow it. <laughs> Are you able to and
3: borrow? the first thing you do, oh, do is try, try to
4: buy up at smaller companies. And not mm-hmm. necessarily an art and Well, industry. that's what happened in Philadelphia. In, 19, in the 1970s, when cable first came and was available in Philadelphia, the city council divided the city into five districts. Franchise. And and they had franchises. And each one was bid on and and purchased. The mistake that was made was they were allowed to sell that franchise after a certain period of time. And Comcast came in and bought up all those franchises. So they now have all of Philadelphia, plus they bought up the franchise in Lehigh County and, and, and all the way up and down you know before that. But the problem is, in a a competitive society, it's it's who's got the the ability to either borrow the money or spend the money in order to do the wiring that is necessary. Now, what's happening, though, is wiring is not necessary anymore. A lot of it is just being done in the air. So this whole situation is going to change. That satellite. That satellite, which is also. cool. do you see the latest ads? They're putting them into commercial airlines. And the airlines are going to be the towers now that are going to handle your phone calls. So there'll be zero wiring, and everything will be done through. You're yeah, uh, just talking about wireless phone, you're not know, talking about internet.
0: No, yeah. no, internet. Okay. No, yeah. it's going to be the same thing. Same thing, yeah. yeah. That's interesting enough. But I want, I want to just get back to, to you asked a very good question where's the money? And the money, it would be in Walmart's best interest to drive out competition, wouldn't it? I mean, it may cost, them. look how much money they spend on advertising, on television. So it wouldn't be in which all of us just go through, and they don't watch anyway. But we watch, you can't get through the internet, you still got the ads on the side. That's the most effective way of providing ads, and I'm sure you are learn that is through the internet, not through television. Because you can't DVR them, they're still there. So instead of spending millions and millions and millions on TV and useless commercials, they'll spend a lot less by getting increased cable uh, bandwidth and drive out competition by making better and better websites that easier to deal with. That's what Amazon's done. It's driven out all of its competition because its websites so damn good. Imagine if it was even better. Just just imagine that. So yeah Walmart it, they have to make a lot of money on it. The ISP makes a lot of money on it and I told you about the political con- risk as well. And The people who are going to pay as, as your professor said is going to be us. Because Netflix is going to have to pay more. So you're going to pay more. You're going to pay more for Hulu. You're going to pay more for everything that you do because the content providers don't want to get hit. And Walmart will pass on those prices to you anyway. So you're going to get hit in every way, and the people who walk with barrels of cash are going to be the ISP providers. I want to go on two
3: things that were said that the franchise concept. Um, in Philadelphia and every major metropolitan area. And By the way, the services we have here don't exist in many other parts of the country and even in some depressed neighborhoods of Philadelphia. Options are not what you think they might be uh, in in, uh, in certain socioeconomic regions of the US. So the cable providers said, we'd like to have a franchise arrangement because we have a high cost of entry. We have to build this out. It's hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. And the, the counter to that was, Okay, we'll have things like net neutrality, which will essentially say you have exclusivity in this neighborhood or this city, but you have to deliver the product in mean fashion. That's what's about to go away. That's the next tier of their profitability, I think, in a nutshell.
2: And 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 from my standpoint, to talk about let's to talk about from the media standpoint, from news and information, the one thing that has been democratized, even with Comcast, Verizon—is that I can go and create a WordPress site right now if I know how to put a nice design on it. If I know how to use proper SEO and analytics, Any, anyone in this room can do that. If I can do that properly, I can create my little dinky website. Let's say that it's on uh, African American interest because I know somebody who's done this, uh, and I have this blog that talks about those types of issues. If I get enough people, uh, make some basic, low-cost ad purchases. Increase the ranking on Google and it gets shared on Facebook a lot. I can take my little dinky website and it's going to expand. I know, and in fact, somebody I know who just purchased his website to the root, um, he started, he was unemployed uh, at the time that he created his website a few years ago. He got a small grant to improve the website. He continued to increase his audience through Facebook and now he sold it for a boatload of money. That's the one area right now where it's democratized. You can create that website, and uh, this is even with music. You can go on YouTube and you can basically start singing, and somebody will find you. That's the one area right now that is democratized. What this could potentially do is good luck trying to get that high SEO ranking on Google if you have uh, the low speed uh, access to the marketplace because no one's going to want to look at your site because it takes too long to load. Slow lane on the sad. school. So and that's the danger of this. If you're that indie indie music artist, somebody else who is the indie music artist, um their father has five hundred thousand dollars, they'll put the money into that fast lane, and that's what you're going to hear. So that is the main issue, and in terms of news coverage, those small independent outlets that are putting out the news on a regular basis on a low budget, if they can't afford to get into that lane because their content is going to be so slow and their rankings going to drop down and you're going to basically have again just a few entities providing news. So that is really the danger uh, of this policy going away is that people who do have access and right now the internet is that one area where you have some degree of access. It's not completely perfect but there are plenty of examples of small people starting up and then becoming large that's going to be more difficult to
1: achieve. I know you said prior to the start of the round table that this is something that's important for everyone because we're all consumers. Um, what would you want to say like a takeaway is like it's important for us to know this information, but what can you say we can do with it, like what
0: action can this Write a letter to your congressman, write a letter to your senator, write a letter to the FCC. Go to the FCC. Go to the site, site. site and comment and comment okay. right now because what what your professor just said is to me, even though the economic thing is huge, it's the political point. Because I've had students, when I teach them, how News Corp owns almost all of the news out there. Or the other side of it would be uh, whoever owns ABC these days. Universal. Or Sinclair. This, If you look at the charts, an unbelievable percentage is owned by a very small Group. I believe there's six companies that own 90% of US American media. I think you're absolutely right. It's, 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 it's this obscene number. It used to be democratized. Mm-hmm. There used to be all these different views out there. Now there's only limited views. But I've had students me, I don't watch the news anyway. I go on the internet. I go on the internet, read people like uh, your professor's friend. You know, that that I read, that I, I go around. But if that's taken from us, where are we going then? Where's our message then? Uh, of of uh, especially in these times, and let me amp this up one one level level worse. So what
3: Latrell described is is incredibly incredibly possible. Let's think about vertical integration. Comcast owns internet service provider. They sell to most of the folks in this region and beyond. They also own NBC. They own content. Mm-hmm. They can stack the deck in such okay. a way that their content flows faster than anyone else's, all right? And their content could have a very lopsided set of opinions and disposition within. So the potential for a company that owns the the pipe, the highway, and owns everything that can travel on it or a large percent of it, can basically shape or influence opinions, dispositions,
0: attitudes, everything, everything. That's what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And we only have a couple of minutes left, so I promise I'd bring this out. What is the argument on their side other than they want to make a lot of money, and as you said, it's interfering with their business model. Innovation is one of the arguments. Innovation, although the other side is you're stifling right. innovation, right? right? You're not allowing people to put their product and word out there. But what they say is, this is their new argument, that the First Amendment is a problem. What they say is that their words is their content? What they're putting out there is their words, traditional First Amendment words, and their choice on how fast to speak. It should be their ability, and not subject to government regulation. So, as a result, by the current title two you told us about the column before, that that is a violation of their First Amendment rights because we're not allowing them to speak that they want the way they want it. So, I just so the
2: packets. Think
0: have First Amendment rights.
3: Good to know, good to know. Well, if that were to come there, I would say-, say They have
0: rights, but football players don't. I just I want to, to think that. If that were to happen, I would,
3: my argument would be we need, to, we need to break up the vertically integrated ISPs and content. They have to be broken apart. Because then, I don't know if they can make that argument about their voice, their, their speech. If they all they own are wires and fiber, they need to be disaggregated, and they should be disaggregated from the content. That's
2: opinion, but. Good luck
3: with that. I know, <laughs> that, that ship's already sailed, <laughs> it ship's sailed but it's, it's, unfortunately, it's a very, very, it's a dangerous
2: marriage, I think. The one thing that I think that is also important for you to take away is we've, Admittedly fumbled over some of the details of this because and this is why I think a lot of people don't understand much about net neutrality It's complicated and you get into the weeds and then depending on what you're talking about for the average person it gets boring and That's why it's not people kneeling during the national anthem so it's not a sexy news story to talk about ISPs And bandwidth and all these different things, which is why it's not going to necessarily be shared on Facebook because it's going to be tossed over. But this is a significantly important topic for everybody to try and understand because this, quite frankly, more than a lot of things in your everyday lives could have an impact on what you watch, what you consume as a citizen, as a consumer of sports, music, movies. And and it's part of our job to try and explain this better, but it's also part of your job as, to, as a consumer to understand what's going on and have this type of conversation with people around you because this is coming. And this could be one of those things where, and this happened in 1996, there wasn't a lot of understanding of what that law would do. And now you're starting to see, oh yeah, cable sucks. And I have one option. And it's expensive. And it's expensive. This could have, in its own unique way, the same impact. That's why it's important to understand what's happening, to call your congressman, the FCC, and to also, more importantly, let other people know that they should learn more and more about this issue regarding net neutrality, whatever side you fall on. That's a good way to wrap it up. <laughs>
0: That's a good That's great way, way to it up. well said. Thank you, I thank everyone for coming today. This
2: is great.